Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Mark chapter 4. It begins reading, it says, The day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over the other side, over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall or a furious storm came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the winds died down and it was completely calm. Look at the person next to you, tell them completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I want you to look at a person next to you. I want you to give them the title to this message. Tell them storm in your soul. Tell them storm in your soul. Storm in your soul. Can we pray, Father? Let's just join me in prayer. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we, we thank you. We're so grateful, God, that you speak to us every Sunday. We get to open up this Bible. And we get to share with this church community, oh God, who you are and what you want us to know. We thank you that this word is much more than information being disseminated, but it is a word of transformation of our hearts. Father, we pray that you have your way in each of us. That this may not just be a good message, this may be a God message. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give me the honor and privilege to preach at one of the best churches in the world. You also give me the opportunity to be married to the hottest woman on the planet. And Lord, I thank you that on August 26th, we're going to have an amazing back-to-school outreach. But it is also the day that Floyd Mayweather will be knocked out for the first time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God some praise in this house one more time? Woo! Ah. Uh, I have the privilege of being married uh, in the next couple of weeks. My wife and I will be going on our six years of marriage. Amen. And her and I, we're going away and we may not come back, but um, we'll be making six years of marriage. And one of the things that my wife and I love to do, Lisa, everybody shout Lisa. Yeah. Uh, when, we, <laughs> when we first got married, Believe it or not, I'm a 265-pound man. At that time, when I married my wife, I was actually 300 and about 15 or 320 pounds. She was a chubby chaser. What could I say? She doesn't like me anymore. And uh, my wife, uh, she, for some reason, she thought that she could beat me up. Must be a Brooklyn complex. 
And uh, my wife uh, thought her goal in life, I think we got married, and the moment we got married, her, she was determined to tap out Rolando. And so what Lisa would do is that she would show up unexpected, and I would be in a room, and she would show up, and she would grab me from the back, try to twist my arm, try to put me in a chokehold, and all you hear is her saying, tap out, tap out, tap out. And I'm like, woman? Uh, and that was her goal, and so she'd start talking trash. She was like, watch, you're going to see, watch, I'm going to tap you out. It's over. That's it. I'm going to tap you out. I'm going to get you. I'm like, honey, I was like, do you, do you, do you, should I, like, do you see, I almost got arrested for walking around with these guns. Do you see what's going on? And I remember telling my, my wife, and so we go back and forth, and we just start talking, and she'd be like, oh, I'm going to tap you out. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get you. And I'd be like, and at one point, it just started feeling like she believed what she was saying. Like she genuinely felt like she was going to tap me out one day. Like this woman has put the complete chokehold on me. And I coughed a couple of times, but I was able to strip her arms off my neck and push her off. And at one point she just start, start talking. Oh, I almost got you that time. Watch. Watch next time. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And, we just, and I say, at one point I just got frustrated. I just like... Lisa, do you, Lisa, do you know, do you really think that you could tap me out? Do you really think, like, there's some chance in the world <laughs> that you're going to tap this guy out, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going to get you. I'm like, do you know who I am? I'm telling you, Lisa, I would have flick, I can get, send you here to Pluto. And I started, started getting indignant. I was like, this woman is challenging my manhood. And I just start, chest came out, you know what I mean? I think I grew like two chest hairs that day. And I said, I said, do you know who I am? I can fold you up like a pretzel. And I just started talking trash. I was like, I'm going to fold you up like a pretzel and I could eat you up for breakfast and spit you out for dinner. Do you know who I am? That if we were in, uh, uh, when we were in the jungle, I will be the lion. And I would be the lion, the king of the jungle. And you know who you would be? Yep, the, the, the scared gazelle. Be, if we were in the water, I'd be the shark and you'd be the damsel in distress. This is who I am. And I remember with no hesitation, Lisa looked at me and I said, I said, Lisa, let's, let's be real here. You can get hurt. I could hurt you. And she looks at me with no fear in her eyes, no hesitation, looks straight into my soul. And she said, yeah, but you sleep. <laughs> and I said, I said, what? So I started talking. I was like, it doesn't matter. I, I wake up like a ninja. Whoa, I'll be ready for you. I was like, it doesn't matter. I, I'm a light sleeper. She goes, no, you're not. You're a heavy sleeper. You're, you're such a heavy sleeper that even when you're awake, you're sleeping. Anybody know about sleep talking, right? And I was like, no, I will wake up like a ninja and I will be on you before you can do anything. And I promise you, Kuhau, can I be honest with you? The very next morning, I woke up with some pictures on my cell phone. Can I show them to you? These are the pictures <laughs> that I found the next morning on my cell phone. Do we have another one? Just in case. And I was looking through my cell phone and I said, this woman got me. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she goes, just in case you doubt it, this is what I can do to you. And that's just a wooden spoon. It could be something else. Oh, the ladies in the house say, don't mess with me. <laughs> uh, 
a heavy sleeper? Do you know a heavy, I'm talking about the type of person that they fall asleep and the storm could come and they are just out. Do you know a heavy sleeper that, I mean, uh, 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 the world can come crashing down and they're taking a nap. Do you know a heavy, I mean, I think, do we have any heavy sleepers in the house? I think I see a few of them. I, I think I took pictures of a few of them, as a matter of fact. We got a heavy sleeper in the house. This is in the middle of a revival taking place. And, and Joe was feeling the peace of God, and he just fell asleep. We got some heavy sleepers in the house. I think we got another heavy sleeper in the house. And uh, we could, I think we have another. Do we have another one? Even when you think, even when you think you're awake, you're really asleep, right? We got some heavy sleepers in the house. You know who else is a heavy sleeper, if we were to be honest? If we look at the scriptures today that we're in, Mark chapter 4, You'll find out that Jesus is a heavy sleeper. Could you imagine that Jesus is falling asleep on a boat with the ocean moving the boat every which way? There's something about waves and waters and storms that are not conducive to taking a nap. But Jesus somehow is able to take the best nap in the world where he's able to fall asleep no matter the water that's jumping inside the boat, no matter the waves that are shoving the sails, no matter what's going on, Jesus is able to take some Z's. And I can imagine the disciples like, Jesus, really? You're going to fall asleep in the middle of a storm. Out of all times to fall asleep, you're going to fall asleep in the middle of a storm. That's the best time. I mean, we'll put you up on a hotel suite and we'll hook you up afterwards. But right now is not the time to be falling asleep. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right now is not the time to be falling asleep. And, and here's what I think. I think that when we read the scriptures, there's so much more that is there than meets the eye. I think sometimes we read the scriptures and what we see is Jesus falling asleep in the storm. But I think even in Jesus' sleep, he's preaching something to us. I think that Jesus falling asleep is actually sending a message to us. And he's letting us know that you can have peace and rest even in the middle of turbulence, even in the middle of a storm, even in the middle of chaos, you can be relaxed and chilling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so even in the storm, Jesus is saying, I'm at peace. Even in the middle of chaos, he's saying, I'm at peace. And we've been talking about the last few weeks about our soul. We, two weeks ago, we spoke about uh, having peace in our soul and what is the condition of our soul and are we healthy on the inside? I think it's so important to be healthy on the outside. But if we were to be honest, how much more important it is for us to be healthy on the inside. See, in Mark chapter 4, it says, the day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, look at what it says, let us go over, watch this, to the other side. Another translation puts 36 like this. It says, after sending the people away, they took Jesus with them in the boat. Now watch this. It says, look at this detail. It says, it was in the same boat he used when he taught them. Say that again. You mean to tell me the same boat I'm in when I'm going in the middle of the storm is the same boat that God taught me in. See, I think it's important to understand, and this is just a little tangent. This is not even about the sermon, but this is just a little tangent. Uh, many times in the same place you're being taught, God's going to test you in. Oh, we don't like tests, right? But how many grateful that there are tests in life? How many grateful that when you, uh, some of us may have took the bus today, that there was a test that the driver took before he got to drive? 
Amen. How many, how many thank God that when you went to the doctor last week or a couple of days ago, that when you went to the doctor, that the doctor had to take some tests before he helped you out? Amen? Amen? And so the same place sometimes where you are taught, you're also tested in. And sometimes, here's the truth, we're going to be tested. But we don't like tests. Let's be honest. We don't like tests. But you're going to be tested. Why? Because what is tested can be trusted. See, oftentimes we want to be trusted and we want trust. But here's the truth. In order for you to gain trust, there has to be a test. Because what is tested can be trusted. I can trust the doctor. Why? Because he's been tested. I can trust the driver. Why? Because he's been tested. Amen? And so oftentimes, guess what? Your success is going to be tested with failure. Let's be honest. Your, your, your love is going to be tested with hurt. Your good times are going to be tested with some bad times. Your good seasons are going to be tested with bad seasons. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, in order for trust to be there, there must be a test. It says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were, he also, all, there were also other boats with, with him. A furious squall or a furious storm came up and the waves broke a cushion, uh, broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples, the disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care? If we drown, most of us know the story, right? You, you, they're in a boat and, and uh, Jesus says, hey, I, I want you to go. We're going to go to the other side. And the disciples get in the boat, that same boat that they're going to be tested in. It's the same boat Jesus was teaching them in. And they get in the boat and when they're inside the boat, they're, they're just barely off the shore. And all of a sudden this storm comes out of nowhere. The storm comes out of nowhere and, and Jesus is, oh my goodness, he's taking a nap. Jesus está durmiendo. He's out. He's a heavy sleeper. And the disciples are losing their mind. What are, what's going on? I mean, I mean, I can imagine Peter like, oh my goodness, Jesus. Do you, do you, do you know a person that just is, is a, too, a little too carefree? You know what I'm talking about? You know, they get you upset because they, they're, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, you went negative in your bank account? Oh, it's okay. Oh, 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 you, oh, you lost your job? Hey, it's okay. Ah, God. No, I don't want it to be okay. I want you to lose your mind with me. Right? Like my wife, I, I don't know what it is about a Hispanic woman picking up a broom that makes her upset. But Lisa will oftentimes, I don't like when she cleans the house when I'm there. Because when Lisa cleans the house when I'm there, I get in trouble. And she's like, all of a sudden, I mean, she's in the best mood in the world and she'll start sweeping or cleaning, or doing the dishes, and all of a sudden, she is absolutely upset, and I'm like, everything okay? Yeah, everything's all right. And she's sweeping, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, um, I think I'm going to leave now, <laughs> because most of the time, she's picking up our mess, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and I'm real carefree about it, like, I'm one of those guys, please don't judge me, I'm one of those guys that I can actually see a shirt on the floor and I can just walk over it and just keep it moving. I'm sorry, don't judge me, ladies. There's grace for that. <laughs> and, and, 
and, and Lisa, you know, don't you care? Don't you care if the house is clean? Don't you care if the dishes are dirty or, or are they clean? And, and I think many times we project this type of relationship with God because we look at God and we say, God, do you not care? Because we, want, we get anxious and what we want, we want God to get anxious with us. And we think just because God is not worried doesn't mean he cares. See, but there's a difference between caring and worrying. And see, these disciples were losing their mind while Jesus is sleeping. And just because Jesus was sleeping, there's something about sleep. There's something about sleep that says, I don't care. It's not important. It is what it is. I'm at peace. I'm settled. I'm tranquil. And Jesus, if I don't want you to, if Jesus... If we're not careful, then we want God to join in on our anxiety. Instead of us reflecting God, we want God to reflect us. Oh, God, I want you to lose your mind the same way I'm losing my mind. Because if you lose your mind when I'm losing my mind, it means that you care. But in fact, Jesus is actually preaching a message even with this posture. Jesus is preaching a message even in his sleep. What is he saying? He's saying this real quick. He's saying, listen, just because there are storms outside of you does not mean the storm has to get inside of you. Oh, that was so good. I'm going to Facebook that later. Write this down. Number one, just because there is a storm on the outside of you doesn't mean there needs to be a storm on the inside of you. Jesus understands that the climate around him did not have to dictate or influence the climate inside him. See, the disciples should have said, they should have looked at Jesus and be like, yo, Jesus is cool, then I'm cool. Jesus is sleeping, I'm going to go take a nap. Jesus is relaxing, but there's something about a storm that is happening on the inside of us, uh, on the outside of us, that ultimately we allow it to be internalized. And all of a sudden, now there's no longer a storm on the outside, there's a storm on the inside of us. See, there's something about the circumstances around us that create storms within us. Oh, yeah, there's a storm on the outside, but you're desperate on the inside. There's a storm on the outside, but now you're anxious on the inside. Yeah, you're, 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 you're going through a storm on the outside, and your circumstances seem so unpredictable, but now you're dealing with the storm of doubt on the inside. You're going through a storm, but now you're panicking on the inside. You're, you're frantic on the inside, and at times it depletes you of every ounce of faith you have. There's something about storms on the outside that ultimately we end up internalizing, and they become a storm in our soul. But what Jesus is emphatically saying with his posture of sleep, he is saying, I'm not just taking a nap. What you don't understand is that what I possess on the inside is greater than what is happening on the outside. He's saying, listen, I need you to understand something. He says three words. He says, peace, be still. Why? Because he was full of it. He was full of peace. He says, says, I'm not going to let the waves get inside me. I'm going to let the peace inside me get outside these waves. What is he saying? He's preaching. He's saying, listen, 
The strength inside of me is more powerful than the storm outside of me. The trust in God inside me is more powerful than the turmoil outside of me. The peace that I possess is much powerful than the waves that are on the outside. He's preaching a message. He's saying what's inside of me is contagious and I'm going to release it with my words. There's something about a storm that makes us talk real negative. Ain't that the truth? Look what they say. They, they say, oh, God. Oh, God. I, do you even care? Do you even care what we're going through? Do you know the struggles that we're, that we're going through right now and you're just there sleeping? See, but Jesus wasn't going to let what was on the outside get in on the inside. But rather what was on the inside of him be released to what was happening around him. See, his outside became a manifestation of what was on the inside. See, there's something about a storm that makes our mouth be the megaphone to the storm. And so instead of us speaking from the peace inside of us, we're speaking from the problems outside of us. Instead of us speaking from the power that is within us, <laughs> we're speaking from the circumstances outside of us. Instead of us speaking from the Jesus that is within us, we're speaking from the problems and the situations outside of us. And ultimately what's happening is, is that we're letting the outside storm seep in on the inside of us. And so that's why the disciples were able to say, don't you care? See, Jesus said three words too. He said, peace be still. And the outside became, had to submit what was on the inside. But what happened was, is that the disciples submitted their inside to what was happening on the outside world. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And so no wonder uh, the Apostle Paul, look what he says, catch this, catch this. Because peace is, is not the absence. Look, 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 he says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wait, wait a minute, what? The, he says, peace be still. The Apostle Paul says, let me explain this peace to you. Because this peace is not a peace that is actually supposed to deal with the outside world. This is a peace that deals with the inside soul. And the only way you're going to prevent the storms of the outside from getting into the storms on the inside is by declaring what God has placed on the inside to your outside world. What does he say? The peace that is for your problems. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding is for uh, 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 when you lose your job or, or the, the peace is for your circumstances. No, look what it says. It says the peace that surpasses. It says you can't understand this thing, man. Well, this peace that surpasses all logic and reasoning and understanding. He says, this peace is out of this world. This peace will what? Guard your heart. Look what Jesus says in John. He says, this peace in John. He says, peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, there is a peace that the world gives. There is the peace that the world offers. But even when you experience that peace, you still be left afraid 
and you'll still be left troubled. He says, because no matter what, the peace that I give you is not to shut the mouth of the outside. The peace that I give you is to really still the storms that are happening on the inside of you. See, I think that many times what we do is we allow, what's this right here? Anybody shout a remote control? And I think so often we give the remote control to the world we live in. I'm preaching to somebody today. Somebody better watch this on podcasts. 25 views, 2,500 views. And we give the remote control to the, to the world outside of us. And it's no wonder that the world outside of us could then turn us off and turn us on when it feels like. Oh, it's no wonder that there are certain people in your life that are able to raise your volume. There's no wonder that there are certain people in your life that are able to uh, uh, hit the mute button. There's no wonder there are certain people in your life that are able to change the channel. And all of a sudden you're operating under a program you were never meant to operate in the first place. Oh, it's no wonder because we have given the world the remote control to our life. And so when the world raises the volume, we raise our volume. When the world shuts us up, then we shut us up. When the world changes channel, then we change channels. But guess what? We're not meant to, it's time for God's people to take control of their inside world and say, no, I'm not going to let what's on the outside get in on the inside. I'm going to take what I possess on the inside and what the, the word of God declares. I'm not going to allow my mouth to be a product of my worry. I'm going to let it be a product of my worship. Come on, church. I'm not going to let that, my mouth to be a product, byproduct of my fear. I'm going to let my mouth be a a byproduct, my words be a byproduct of what's on the inside. And what's on the inside is my faith. Therefore, peace, be still. <laughs> peace, be still. Be still. <laughs> I'm going to lower the volume of this situation. I'm going to shut this off. I'm going to make sure that I change the channel in some areas in my life. I'm no longer going to allow the world on the outside control me on the inside, but I'm going to let what I possess on the inside to control what I see on the outside. I'm going to declare it by faith. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am the righteousness of God. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, give me my remote control back. Tell them, give me my remote control. You, you can't handle this remote control. Give me my remote control. I dare you some, I dare you this week when someone gets on your nerves and somebody's about to raise your volume and somebody's about to change your channel, you say, give me my remote control back in the name of Jesus. Somebody, are there any people that are going to take back their, their remote control of their life this week in Jesus' name? Give me my remote there's too many people got your remote control. They could turn you off, shut you down, change your settings. All because you've given the remote to the world. But Jesus said, I'm not going to let what's on the outside contaminate what's on the inside. In fact, I am the cure because I possess the peace. I possess the peace. I possess the peace. Someone shout your words. Are powerful. Number two, write this down. Stop allowing your circumstances to define how you view God. 
and start allowing your view of God define your circumstances. So good. I'm so good in myself. So good. I'm going to say that again. Stop allowing your circumstances to define how you view God. And start allowing your view of God define what's happening around you. See, these disciples, someone shout perspective. Shout perspective. See, oftentimes it's not what you see that needs to change. It's the way you see it that needs to change. And there are storms in our life, and the reason that they get in our soul is because our perspective is too small. See, so many times we are anxious and we are desperate and we are shaking within our soul and the storms our life are getting inside of us. Why? Because our perspective is too small. But look at the person next to you, tell them, change your perspective. I remember I, was, uh, I went to a cafe and I, and I drove and I was looking for parking. I couldn't find parking. There was a small parking spot. And I don't know about you, but I'm famous for trying to fit in small things. Don't judge me. These pants are too tight, right? Hey. And so I, I finagled my way inside this parking spot, and I was about two feet away from the curb. And I just left it there, and I walked off, and I... I went and had my meeting, I had a great coffee, almond milk, and I walked back, and as I was walking back, I, I saw the car that I parked behind, but I didn't see my car. And from my perspective, I started getting anxious already because I didn't see my car. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever had your car uh, towed, you start panicking. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm looking at my, and I don't see it. And so I get, I start getting nervous, and I walk over to the other side, and I actually see my car is there, but it's two feet out. So from this side, I couldn't see it because it was two feet away from the curb. And so I couldn't see my car. But when I changed my perspective, I saw that my car was there. See, here's the truth. Many times... The storms of our life are occurring because our perspective of life is way too small. Why? Because you're only seeing what's in front of you. Look what they're saying. They said, God, do you even care? God, look at their perspective. God, we're going to die. Do you even care, God? And then they start seeing their God by their circumstances instead of allowing their view of God dictate their circumstances. Or paint how they see and define their circumstances. And so they're, God, God, what's going on? See, see, if we don't change our perspective, you know what my job is as a pastor? Getting people to see a bigger perspective. If you ask me, Pastor, what's your, what's your, what's your greatest challenge? Allowing other people or guiding other people and seeing a bigger perspective than, their, than themselves. Because many times... The storm is so big in your life because your world is so small 
and it's only about you, it's only about us, it's only about me, it's only about what's going on. But if you change your perspective, see, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm over here, man, this room is so small. I only see Charlie. I can only see Sister Iris. Hey, Mom. And my world now becomes what I see. But all I need to do is change my perspective. Woo! Thank you for the three claps, but if you want to join them, you can join them at any moment. I change my perspective, and all of a sudden, I get a bigger picture than what's going on in my life. I don't just see the storm that is about to kill me, the storm that is about to destroy me. No, why? Because Jesus said, hey, we're going to get to the other side. And if Jesus said we're going to get to the other side, what does that mean? We're getting to the other side. We might go through some trouble, but we're getting to the other side. We might go through some, through some storms, but we're getting to the other side. We might be shaking in our boots, but we're getting to the other Look at the person next to you. Tell them perspective. Philippians chapter 4, look what Paul says. He says, don't fret. He says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions, watch this. Let petitions and praises shape worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns and before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. He says it's wonder, it's, it's amazing what happens when Jesus becomes the center of your life instead of what your life is really about. Or what you're going through and what's happening. Let Jesus, one of the things I do every morning that help me, I don't know about you, but I wake up with a lot of things in my mind. And there are three things that have helped me. And number one is, I call them the three G's. I'm so G, I'm almost H. Thank you for laughing, that wasn't even funny. But I have three G's every morning that I, I wake up and I, and I always meditate on these three G's. Number one is God. And I just, I just revolve my mind on and allow my life to center around God. God, what is, what it is it that you, what, what is your will today? God, you're worthy. God, you are, you're, you're, you are the ultimate goal, God. Number one, God. Number two is gratefulness. You'll be surprised how gratitude has the ability to change your perspective. Gratitude. Oh, oh man, I don't even have toothbrush today. But do you have teeth? Praise the name of the Lord that you have three teeth. Oh my goodness. I, oh man, my, I just got a flat tire. But do you have a car? God gave you. God, I thank you for this car. Even though I had a flat tire today, I want to thank you for this car. Oh, my wife, I can't. But, but are you alone? But are you alone? But are you alone? There's a lot of people that are alone and rather have the wife that you have that might be a little bit more opinionated than you appreciate. 
but they can thank God that they have a wife and they have someone that they can rest their, their head on. They have someone that they can lean on. They can have someone that they can be grateful for. And, and I think that gratitude has a way of changing your perspective. Is there anybody in this house that are grateful for the teeth that you have in your mouth? Amen. But I got to brush them. I know you have to brush them, but you have teeth. You, have to, you don't have toothpaste. It's okay, but you have, use coconut oil. I hear that works for everything. Number three, write this down. If God can be trusted with, the, with eternity, then he can be trusted with the momentary. God could be trusted with eternity. He could be trusted with the momentary. You know what's getting a bigger perspective and allowing your storms not to enter inside of you? Is knowing that they're not going to last forever. It's knowing that if God said, you're getting to the other side, guess what? You're getting to the other side. There's so many things in my life that I've looked at and I said, God, why is it taking so long? Sometimes it feels like you're going from one storm to another. Sometimes you look at your age and you say, by this time, I thought I would be further in life than I am. Oh, by this time, when I was a child, I thought that while I was 34 years old, I'd be here right now. But our watch is not the same as God's watch. But if we can trust God with our eternal being, and we can trust God with what's temporary. If we can trust God with what's eternal, then we can trust God with what's momentary. And if God said that you're going to get to the other side by God, trust that you're going to get to the other side. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Number four, write this down. Mark chapter 4, look what it says. I want you to, to kind of put a, put a little underline right here because I saw this for the first time. As many times I have read Mark chapter 4, I saw this for the first time. In Mark chapter 4, he says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I want to give you the scene here because Jesus is sleeping and he gets woken up. And sleep is so, I mean, sleep is so unpopular. Hustle and work and grinding is popular. Being a go-getter is popular. Relaxing is not popular. Sleeping is not popular. But some of you guys need to take a nap. Some of you guys need to take a nap. Some of you need to, to relax a little bit more and trust God is doing the work. And some of, watch this. Some of your greatest act of faith is being still. I know there's a storm happening. 
but I'm at peace. I know. God, do you even care? Right? I know. I may have lost my job, but I'm at peace. I know my father may have died, but I'm at peace. I know the house may have gone for foreclosure, but, I, but I'm at peace. I know that I was just served divorce papers, but I'm at peace. I know that I'm struggling with personal sin, but I need to rest in God. I need to trust in God that he's working in me harder than I'm working for me. See, because peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the presence of God. Peace is the presence of God. Can I, can I be honest? There's something that feels good. Watch this, watch this, watch this. There's something that feels good when you worry. There's something about our flesh that actually likes feeling worried. But it's so toxic that you're addicted to worry because when you worry, you feel like you're in control. When you worry, you feel like you're doing something about it. When you're worried, when you're, when you're panicking, you feel like you're doing the best you can. And there's something about being relaxed that doesn't say that. And so we want God to calm the storms of our life. But God is more concerned with calming the storm inside your life. And he says to the disciples, he looks at the waves and the winds, and he says, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, the waves die down, and the winds quiet down, and the storm is completely calm. And they say, who is this man? Watch this, watch this. Look at the perspective. Who is this man that even the winds and the waters, the winds and the waves listen to him? See, if they really knew who Jesus was, they would understand that that's a no-brainer. But they were more impressed with Jesus calming the storm because of the view they had for their storm. And because the storm was so big, and Jesus was able to calm it, then they looked at Jesus and said, wow, we're impressed. But look what Jesus says. He says, okay, I calmed it now. The waters are gone. The storm is over. Everything's completely calm. Are you still afraid? Do you still not have faith? You know what the Holy Spirit said? He said to me that the reason Jesus is asking that question is because human nature is to find something else to get anxious about. Okay, I, I calmed your storm now. Okay, I rescued your, I rescued your marriage. Okay, I got you the job. Do you still have no faith? Are you still afraid? Yes, because your, your flesh will always find something else to lose its mind over. Because today, God will save you from that bad report. God will rescue you, and tomorrow, you'll find something else to worry about. 
Oh, today he'll, he'll get you that job that you've been praying for. But tomorrow you'll be losing your mind for the bills that you got to pay. He says, what you don't understand is that the peace I give you is not the absence of chaos. You're going to lose your job. You're gonna, listen, I never thought that, I never thought that divorce would ever be in my life. I always thought I was going to be one of those guys that I, I was just going to have that perfect marriage. It would be just a beautiful little house on the prairie type of stuff. Oh, but then life hit. And God may have not quieted the storms on the outside, but he sure taught me how to quiet the storm on the inside. You're going to, you might have a failed marriage. Your kids might not do well. Your job might not give you that promotion. You may not be able to take advantage of that opportunity. You may lose your home. Somebody may cut you off on the way to church. Things are going to happen. Do you still lack faith? Are you still afraid? What is Jesus saying? He's saying, man, it's okay to go through storms. But don't, don't let the storm go through you. I'm going to say that again. He said, it's okay to go through storms, but don't let the storm go through you. It's not the absence of chaos. It's the presence of God. See, the disciples didn't realize that he who was with them was greater than that which was on the outside of them. Is this blessing anybody here today? Is this blessing anybody here? I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet just for a few seconds. This week, this can't just be a message that we hear and we leave it for our Sunday. But we need to put this in practice. That just because there's a storm on the outside doesn't mean it needs to get on the inside. That we're not going to let our circumstances define our view of God. That we're going to trust God, not just with the eternal, but with the momentary. And that we're going to possess a peace that surpasses all understanding. That when they look at you, they won't even understand how you can keep still. They don't even understand how is it that you're losing, that you're not losing your mind. But wait a minute, what? You just lost your job and you are at peace? You're going through a marital situation and you're at peace? Yeah. Because peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the presence of God. And as long as I possess the presence of God inside of me. Ain't no matter what can go on on the outside of me, what I possess on the inside of me is much greater than what's on the outside of me. Can anybody give God some praise in this house, all over this room? Come on, lift up your hand. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. 
Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.